Hello and welcome to Me and Mine with Temi Tokwe Onomade. Me and Mine is a family program inspired by hope and family values. Today, we are taking an in-depth look at a topic dear to your heart. Get ready and ride with us. If you are joining us for the first time again, this platform is about me and mine. Me is talking about you understanding the purpose of God for your life, knowing what God wants you to be in this life, especially in marriage. We are facing so much issues in our home nowadays, marriage nowadays, but we are giving God praise because we have the real manner about our marriage and which is the word of God, the Bible. So this platform is just to help us, to encourage us to go ahead and do the will of the Father in this in this, I don't know, perilous time now, when marriage, when people are rewriting marriages, when people are rewriting what the Bible says, when we have so many interpretations about the word of God, and if care is not taken, you will lose who you are. Many people, they've lost their identity because they are trying to listen to people to define them. Who do you think you are? Until you re realize who you are, until you know who you are, until you understand the purpose of God for your life, People will tell you what to do. And is it that funny? From your childhood, even to this adulthood that you need to take hold of your life, you still want some people to give you, to pat you at the back before you know what you're doing. And joining me on this platform today, we are privileged to have in our midst again, Reverend. <laughs> Thank you so much, Reverend Yomi Adepoju. Thank you so much. I can see you. In our midst today, we have Reverend Yemi. He was with us last week, and then we, we are privileged to have him again in our midst. Thank you so much for joining us, Reverend Yemi. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Can you hear me? Yes, very loud. Thank you so much. Oh, okay, great, 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 great. So, so blessed to have you in our midst. We thank God. We thank God. We thank God. Thank you so much, sir, for joining us. And today, we thank God. Yeah, we, we thank God for the life of um, um, Sister Busola last week. He was with us all the way from New Zealand, but today he will not be able to join us. But luckily for us, we have another wonderful sister. She doesn't like us to call her pastor, but permit <laughs> me. I will call you sister, don't worry, but she, I was told she's a pastor, so I will call you a pastor. Pastor Kenny Olabaju, thank you so much for joining us. All the way from Canada, please help me to welcome my sister to the platform. You are welcome, sis. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, like I said, sister, sister Kenny, we started something last week and thank God for Reverend. Reverend was part of us last week and then we are so fortunate to have Reverend back in our midst today. Last week, we started a wonderful topic about infidelity in marriage. So we have some questions we are meant to answer. So we have some of them that we are unable to answer because of our time. So if you are joining us for the first time, please, if you have any question, we are looking at the, at the platform. You can feel free to send in your question to us. We'll be happy to treat your question. But today we are treating the question we were unable to treat last, last week about infidelity in marriage. So last week, um, we were able to get, gather some information. Why, why reason for having infidelity in, in, in marriage? And some people may think, oh, this is a Christian platform. Why are we talking about infidelity in the first place? And Sister Busala was saying that if we are alive in Christ, we shouldn't even be talking about this. And because that is for her, that is what is causing all this issue. 
But last week we were told about, um, Reverend talked about boredom, talked about growing apart, talked about um, um, the, the, the foundation, insecurity, loneliness, then the background, those things, those are the things Pastor talked about, uh, Reverend, Reverend um, Yemi talked about last week, that post is um, infidelity in marriage. And we know we have so much other than that. In fact, we have com- uh, insecurity, we, we, we call it complexity. We, we have like um, lack of commitment. We have like ojukokuru. What do you call ojukokuru? Conventiousness. Some people, they have everything, but they are still not, seeing, they are still not having enough, you know? They still want to, they, they turn their wife to, to be food. Some people say, I can't be eating rice. You'll be so surprised in, in, in Christendom that we are having this issue. But the Bible has told us that in the latter day, all these things will be happening. People will just be doing things and they will only go to where they think they, they are hearing what they want to be hearing. Before I put it across to Reverend and Sister Kemi this evening, I was, I was led to read these two Bible passages for introduction. I'm going to be reading 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And I'm going to be read, um, I'm going to be reading 1 Corinthians chapter 5. See, the, the, the first Bible passage is talking about what sexuality is all about, why we need to marry, why we, we should not deny ourselves of you know sexual you know uh, enjoyment. The other one is talking about nowadays that these things, so for us to think, know that. All these things we are facing now, they face it in, in Paul's time. They face it in the Bible times too. Church, we are now trying to just change some things. We are trying to cover up some things. And that's what Holy Spirit said. I should just read these two Bible passages before we start to answer the question we have before us. And I have another one to do the conclusion. And then we pray that God will give us option on this platform. We are not just doing this thing for fame, for anything, but we are doing it for our home. It's all about you. And I, I tell people, it's not nice for us to grow up, you know, right from our child, childhood, you went through nursery, primary, kindergarten, your parents, they are the one telling you what to do. You try to do so many exams to make it in life and you made it in life. And unfortunately, you now marry, instead of you to now enjoy your marriage and enjoy who you are, then you start having issues. That is not the purpose of God for our life. That's not the reason why we need to marry. I'm reading 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. And I will read verse 1 to 10, and I will read verse 15. Now, getting down to the question you asked in your letter to me, first, is it good thing to have sexual relation? This is bro Paul talking. And verse 2 says, certainly, that means it's good, but only within a certain context. Now, we now define so many things. Now, you know, we have partners. Nowadays, our society talks about partners. So when you are talking about couples, now we now ask questions. Are you married couple? Because some couples, they are not married. They are just partners. Thank you so much for joining me, mommy. Thank you, bro. Thank you, Wenga. Thank you so much. Verse 2 says, certainly, but only within certain context. It's good for a man to have a wife and for a woman to have a husband. You can see, A, sexual drives are strong, but marriage is strong enough to contain them. So we know, our Bible tells us that sexual drive, 
they are very, very strong. But marriage is strong enough to contain them and provide for a balanced and fulfilled sexual life in a world of sexual disorder. And you will believe with me that the world we have now, this world, is a world of sexual disorder. But we are being encouraged that even though in the midst of this, the only thing that can save us if you know you cannot hold yourself is marriage. Because sexual drive is very strong. But as strong sexual drive is, we have a solution which is marriage. Because marriage is strong enough to help us. Verse 3 says the marriage bed must be a place of mutuality. The husband seeking to satisfy his wife and the wife seeking to satisfy her husband. Verse 4 says marriage is not a place to stand up for your rights. I like this Bible translation. That's why I'm using it. So if you are in marriage, nowadays they have been telling you fight for your rights. They are talking about inequality now. In our Bible, we have roles. We are equal, male and female. God made them. But we have roles. So marriage is not a place to stand up for your rights. Marriage is a decision to serve the other, whether in bed or out. So it's a privilege to marry. I marry you because I want to serve you, you want to serve me. It's not that I'm going to be your servant forever. So husband thinking their wife is just, they just need to do sexual relationship when they want to make babies. Listen to the word of God. I don't know the word of God you read, but this is very simple enough. Marriage is not a place to stand for your rights. Marriage is a decision to serve the other, whether in bed or outside the bed. Abstaining from sex is permissible for a period of time if both of you, if you are in agreement with that, and if it's the purpose for prayer and fasting, but only in such time, then comes back together so that Satan will not tempt you. I've got a question we are going to answer today about that because Reverend gave us a scenario of timetable that she helped the couples to, to resolve. But this one is telling us night, day, afternoon, anytime, except, except if you want to. In fact, he even said it in, verse, in one of the verses that he's even saying it, advising it to you that except that time. Verse, verse 6, let me now say, verse 6 is saying, I'm not understanding, commanding this period of abstinence, only providing my best counsel if you should choose to, you know, to follow them. Even this abstinence that Brother Paul is talking about, he's not talking that the Holy Spirit says you should. He's saying he's just advising that if you, you can just keep off when you are trying to get something from God, but it has to be a mutual agreement. And verse 7 says, sometimes I wish everyone will be single like me, a simpler life in many ways. But celibacy is not for everyone and any more and anymore than marriage is. God gives the gift of the single life to some and the gift of married life to some. See, last, last week when Reverend was talking about some people, they, they have talents, they, they, are, they have the capacity to do more than seven or three times. I was like, do we need, do we, do we have power to, why do we somebody have grace to do sex than the other? But when I was reading this, 
I can see what Reverend is talking about last week. And verse 8 says, I do, though, tell the unmarried and widows that singleness might be well the best way for them as it has been for me. Verse 9. But if they can't manage their desire and emotions, they should, by all means, go ahead and get married. The difficulties of marriage are preferable. Far better, you know, the, the difficulties of marriage are preferable by far to a sexually tortured life as a single. I will read that 9B again. The difficulties of marriage are preferable. So that place is not saying marriage is simple, that it's very easy, it's not difficult. The difficulties of marriage are preferable by far to a sexually tortured life as a single. Do you know why they said tortured life as a single? Because that is when you are born with lust. If you are married, you don't, you don't have issue with burning with lust. When you, get, when you have that emotion, you have somebody at home. But single, you don't have it. And that is why they are saying that the difficulty of marriages are preferable. When you are married, when you have that lust, when you have that, when you have that emotional, you have somebody. But as, as a Christian, if you are single, you are not meant to do that if that person is not your husband. So that is why if you cannot stay single, you stay, you, 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 you need to get a wife or you need to get your own husband if you know you can't. Verse 10. And if you are married, stay married. This is the master's command, not mine. If you are married, stay married. And this is where we know about divorce. And verse 15 of that, that is the only one I, I can put I can put a question mark on. That is the only place that talks about divorce. On the other hand, if the unbelieving spouse walk out, you have got to let him or her go. The reason why you let, need to let him or her go is because you need peace to reign. If the unbeliever, if he said, I want to leave, let the person go. And that is the only place I can talk about somebody leaving. Every other place they have been preaching, they have been talking about Matthew chapter 5. It's not talking about you leaving. It's not talking about adultery, except adultery. It's talking about except sexual immorality, sexual immorality. We have many, many sexual immoralities. And even if you want to say because of that, you will have committed one of them. First Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1 to 5. I also received a report of scandalous sex within your church family, a kind that wouldn't be tolerated even outside church. This is for us to know that we are actually in perilous time. It happens in the days, it happens in the days of Paul, and it's happening in our days now. One of your men is sleeping with his stepmother. Nowadays, it's not one of his, his pastors sleeping with church members. Put so many scenarios there. So many scenarios you can put in there. And you are so above it all that it doesn't even face you. You don't even care. Church doesn't even care about this now. Shouldn't this break your heart? All these sexual perverse that they're doing in church now. Shouldn't this break your heart? Shouldn't it break you to your knee in tears? Shouldn't this person and his conduct be confronted and dealt with? Instead of us dealing with this issue in church, now we don't deal with it. We try to cover it up. We try to know, you know, say some things and think, okay, we are doing the right thing. 
And let me leave it like that. Because that is the word of God for us. So if you think we don't have any Bible passage that we, you know, we can use for what we are going through nowadays, I've read those Bible passages for us so, so that we can know they are, not, they, are not just, they are not just there. And what we are facing now, they are not just new. But we need to look inward and make a decision. Every second of our life, we are making a decision. And I think we should make the right one. Now, it now brings me to the questions we have before us. Last week, we were able to answer three questions. And today, we are going to be answering the other ones, and we are going to now find out how can we live above infidelity in our marriage. And that would be what I would ask um, Reverend uh, Jeremy and uh, Sister Kenny to help us to, to deal with. One of the questions last week says, I'm trying to look at the one we've done, the one we've, um, what biblical counsel can you give to couples? What biblical counsel can you give to couples who have just suffered from infidelity? Number one, Sister Kemi and Reverend Yemi, what biblical counsel can you give to couples who have just suffered from infidelity? What practical steps can one take to erase or mitigate the trauma? That is two in one question. <laughs> Reverend, let me let me let me allow Sister Kevin to relax because Reverend has been we are in this mood since last week. So that Sister Kemi can just, you know, and just wait, let Reverend, you know, Reverend is in the mood, you know, Holy Spirit, Rema, all of them. Reverend, sir, I will pass that question Praise to you. Praise what the Lord. Are you cancer can you are, do to are, are you hearing? We can hear you, sir. Are you hearing me now? Yes, sir. Okay, praise the Lord. Uh, number one thing we must agree that uh, infidelity brings, uh, I mean, breaks down the art of the partner. It's, it's something like, it's a shock that, uh, I mean, it destabilized the partner. But after the, destabilize, the destabilization, there is a need to settle down and face the reality. Number one, for, 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 for the two to come together all over again, the partner that has committed that sin must realize and accept that a sin has been committed. And he or she must ask for forgiveness from the partner. So when this is done, and the I mean the, the forgiveness, I mean the yeah, I mean, I mean the repentance is genuine. Then the two needs to sit together. And number one, look at what brought about that act. What 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 can be the cause? Because if you don't tackle the cause, there's likelihood for repetition. So when the partner has confessed. And the other person, I mean, the other partner must have the magnitude, must have the heart to forgive. Because the Bible says that love covereth all sins. Love covereth all sins. So when you have that love of the person in your heart, then you must be ready to forgive. 
And just like we said last week, we always pray the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. You know, we pray it, we say it almost on a daily basis. And under that condition, the other partner must be ready to forgive. But it is beyond forgiveness. After the forgiveness, the two must sit together and ask ourselves, like we said last week also, there are so many causes. Is it uh, lack of satisfaction? Um, is it what you would call Ojukokoro? And when you now see the cause, the two of you, you look at the cause, then you now also look together, how can we avoid this? If it's a situation that the partner, uh, I mean, I mean, was not available for him or her, then we must look into how can we do it so that I can make myself available for my partner so for, for such a thing not to be repeated. But, and after looking at all this together, then we pray over it. But let me say this, when you are forgiven, you must try as much as possible to let the forgiveness be total. Because if the forgiveness is not total, then any act by your partner that relates to what happened before, or what to be your mind is that maybe he's doing it again. So, like I said earlier on, the first thing is that the partner must realize that he has sinned, she has sinned, confess all, make the confession. After the confession, then the other partner must be ready to forgive. After the forgiveness, sit down together and ask some questions. What brought us to this level? What caused this thing to happen? Then all of the two of you, you look at the causes, then you discuss also how, what can we do to avoid such a thing at any other, other time? And like we know that the Bible says we should be our brother's keeper. Then the partner must try and make sure that at least, uh, I mean, he helps that man or that woman for him or her not to commit such a thing again. But let me say this finally. It is not easy. Let's, let's face the reality. Because, you know, when trust is broken, it's like when you break an egg, you may bring the shell together, but it will take the grace of God. It, it, it may not be possible for you to bring the content, but when the grace is there, the, when the grace is available, when you ask for the grace, God will give the grace for the content to be assembled together again. Thank you very much, man. So much, sir. Oh, what a wonderful. I, I, I love that head one. I love the trust one. That, that is deep. That is deep. I will go back. I will come back to that. Very, very deep. Um, Sister Kenny, do you have anything to add to that or I should move to the next question? Yes, please. Let me quickly add. Um, okay. Pastor has really said a lot about that because it's really important to seek forgiveness. But you, you don't seek forgiveness if you don't think you're wrong. So the first thing is to acknowledge, you know, what you've done. Of course, the first thing is between you and God. For you to be sorry for what you've done and you agree that you've hurt the other person. Then you come to the other person and seek forgiveness. If, but what I want to say on that is that it also depends on individual. My husband is different from your husband. We all have different uh, 
the, our husbands or our partners have different ways of reacting to things. If you think that your partner is somebody that you, from the way you've been relating before, you should know if that person is the person that can easily forgive. Some people don't easily forgive. So you have a part to play before telling the next person. And the part to play is to first seek God and pray for, you know, the grace for that. Just pray in advance for the person you are confessing to. Because yeah. not everybody, last Sunday we we're treating it in Sunday school, not everybody you can go and tell that this is what I've done. Number one, it will break them down completely. So if you know the kind of partner you have, you need to take the person first to the Lord in prayer to ask for mercy so that the person can, you know, cope when the time you, you confess comes. And again, if you think it's going to be a big idea, that's why we have a support system. Not, you know, the church has gone to a very funny extent whereby you cannot confide in people anymore. But back in the days, you should be able to go to your pastor, somebody you could confide in, like for counseling, you know, that this is the situation. And, you know, if you are confused, maybe they can help you with it. But be honest with your word. Be honest. Know that this thing hurts people. So it's not just say, I'm sorry, and then you walk away. You know, you need to know that the person is really being deeply hurt. You need to be careful about the person's emotion. And be open to listen and acknowledge you are wrong. Recognize the red, red, uh, negative relationship that you have that may have caused it. What is the cause? issue when you know the cause how do you you know try to prevent it in future be open to one another okay as a woman when you come to me your husband is cheating i first ask you what did you do did you deny? i know nothing is enough there is no excuse for cheating but know the reason yeah. what has caused the man to do that and try both of you have accountability okay i'm going out where are you going you should be able to, to tell your wife you should be able to tell your husband because at the end of the day if you are hiding things it will still happen it is not just by prayer prayer and hard work you work together with your partner to achieve it but if you are trying to struggle on your own and say ah, god knows i won't do it again it's not by that but when you are accountable just like in the office you are accountable to your manager be accountable to your partner ah, honey i'm going to so place honey i'm doing this and then god will help you you know with that so those are the things I want to add on that question. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ma. Thank you so much for your for your um, response. And because when you are saying accountability and then um, you are saying that when you are going out, you I'm going out there. I'm being. Some people would look at it that you are you've turned yourself to monitoring spirit, or can't I just you know we are hard on. Some people would just twist it, like yeah. Must I tell you everything? Why must mm. you know everything? And one uh, of the fundamental reasons why, why infidelity can actually penetrate into the family is when both of them, they are not trying to come together, they are civilized about it. You can do whatever you like. You are my wife, you are my husband. I give you freedom. So they gave each other freedom from the beginning. Check is the source, is the foundation. The foundation from the beginning is like, you do whatever you want to. So I'm not, we are both adults, you know? We are both adults. So I'm, just do whatever. So... When that thing started, the man did not know. The woman did not know anything because they are both playing civil, civilized world. And one of the things I want to say about communication is this. In Christianity, if there is any question, please let me know. In, in Christianity now, we are making it difficult to communicate. 
You know, it's very easy for us to talk about genuine forgiveness, all those things. But do you know that some couples, they, they find it difficult to sit down and just talk. They find it difficult to sit down and talk. You know why they are, they are finding it difficult? Because they are calling themselves daddy mommy. Mm. You see, when you, are, when you are using a language that will give you a little bit of distance to come out and say the right thing, or when you are offended, when you are calling your husband daddy, I'm not saying, may I call my husband daddy, but I call him daddy when I miss something, you know? I wear different hats in my marriage. And my husband is hearing me now, you see? I don't, don't call me babe, because when I start behaving like babe, you, you may not like it, but sometimes I behave like babe because I need something too. But some, some couples, mostly in our marriage, the, the marriage we know, in our mommies, daddy, mommy, Daddy will go and do something outside because you are calling him daddy. That gap is there for you to say, please, why have you done this? And daddy too will sit on that uh, title, daddy. It's a communication barrier. I'm not saying don't call yourself daddy, mommy, or please. This platform is not telling you what to call, but please, can you, can you call yourself what can make you to speak something openly? You know, Ojoa Beka is It's not about hiding is your husband, is your head, is she, she's your wife. But please try to relate to the, no matter how bad that thing is, I should be able to speak to this person. Because this person is me as well. Whatever that happens to me, whatever mess I have done, is going to affect this person. And that is why you need to summon courage and do it. Some people, they find it easy to talk to their friends about it outside. It's much, much easier for them to, Talk about that thing to their friends outside. Why not just think, look at your wife as your friend and just speak to her? Because your wife is better than a friend that will go and tell somebody else again that this is what you've done. So we have this marriage gap because we, we are unable to communicate. So the biblical example that they, 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 for, for couples who have suffered is like, okay, you, both of you, you've said it. But for you to even take any step, go to the Lord in prayer because I'm sure it's the Holy Spirit that will give you, we order your steps and give you right wisdom. When you talked about it, the man will be very defensive, the woman will be very defensive because they are veiled. For them to have even gone out in the first place means something is wrong with them. So if you go to their maker, their maker will have, you know, softened the ground for you to be able to penetrate and give you the wisdom to start the discussion that every other thing will follow. And even after prayer, ensure that you are open. You are not hiding anything. And that was why I like that, uh, what Reverend said about genuine repentance, forgiveness. Because we women, if it happens, if our husband did that, 10 years time, we will still be referring to it. And I like that scenario of egg being broken. It takes miracle to bring, to bring it. I don't even see it. The trust is gone already. But when you stay outside, I'm looking. Hey, he has done again. Anxiety, everything, because you've messed up in the first place. That doesn't mean you are not forgiven, you're forgiven, but the fear is still there. And that is why you have to speak about it. And thank you so much for, for that. You need to realize, be accountable. You need to discuss about the cause and genuine repentance. I'm trying to look at the platform. I'm trying to look at any feedback, their contribution. We've got so many contributions. Uh, Mama Dishafe said there is a lot of struggles that people cover if people can be open that they can, they alone could help better 
and healing will be faster. So what she was talking about is, if you understand this, instead of adding, sending it, going to the third party, you alone, both of you can easily come together and resolve this instead of bringing in other people into it. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32, forgiveness again and again, accountability to the right person. Many cover their sin addiction to pornography is a major cause. And many hide because of shame. They need to be completely transparent. They are accountable to God's grace indeed. The heart needs healing. Only Jesus can do that. You see, what pornography is doing nowadays is, is, is serious. It's very, very serious. And we are going to look at that, pornography. And we have many Christians doing it now. Many people, they are, they are trapped into that. Building the trust all over again will be definitely will definitely take time. Yes, constant and close intimacy. Um, I'm trying to read what we have on the platform. Okay, thank you. So those are the contributions from, from the platform. If I go to question five, as Christian couples, should one confess infidelity to other partner if they have already repented and stopped on their own without being caught? <laughs> <laughs> I will ask Sister Elizabeth to go first. Um, you are I, caught. I, yeah, I mentioned. I, I, I did mention briefly the other time that um, it depends your partner. It, it, it your your the nature of your partner matters. The the word of God is the same. We need to confess our sins. You know, we need to come. It's good to confess. But then the, na the nature of your partner matters because I'm wondering if your partner is the one that keep remembering like 100 years after the event happened, you need to face, I think the most important thing is praying for your partner before you tell them anything. It is For me, I have a very easy nature. God forbid adultery or whatever. I, it's easy for me to just tell somebody, oh, this is that's just my nature. But somebody else's nature may not be like that. They may not be able to accept it when somebody wronged them. So for such people, when you know you have that kind of partner, you just need to first <laughs> go to God in prayer or else what you don't even want to have. But one thing I trust God for is that, just like the pastor said the other time, you know, it's, it's the grace of God. It is just grace. Because when you pray ahead, God has a way of comforting. God has, God, there's no amount of whatever you do that can, there's no amount of advice you want to give me that is going to work but the grace of god honestly is sufficient and the thing you're going to say that we help the person to calm down the lord will put it in your mouth mm. the word of god so far-fetched because you don't know what you will say but whatever you say as you open your mouth then that's why we have the holy spirit so are you are you saying sorry yeah. to cut you sorry to cut are you saying what the question is is it right you know should we confess what we have done? It's not that yes, we know. I support, so I su I support the answer confess. is yes. Okay. Yes. But okay. I'm only saying that yes, my yes is conditional. Okay. Depending on your partner. Because some partners, no matter what you do, they can do it to you, but don't do it to them. And they are Christians. You get my point? So if your partner is that kind of person, I'm saying you need to take time to first pray. Even if it's to pray in tongues for some time before you tell them, but you, you need to seek God's help 
in telling. But telling is very good because it helps with accountability. Yes. Thank you, Ma. Thank you, Ma. Um, I think I, I'm supporting that you should tell because if you don't tell, you are opening, yeah. you are breaking a wall, crack. Yeah. And the other person you are doing it is going to take it like blackmailing you. So you'll be looking at your verse. Even when you are praising God in the church, the person is looking at his seal is a lie because they have something against you and they will think they have you in their, in their hand. But if you have opened up to your husband, even when they do it in a funny way, some people, it's not, they don't want to gossip about it. They want to break your home. If, if it's like that, that's why you need to speak out. Don't, don't, let any, don't let anybody have you in their hands. If they do, your life is gone. First-hand information is very key because if he hears it from elsewhere, it's yes. going to break his trust forever. But mm. when you can... I used to say, there's nothing I can't tell my husband. There is nothing. Mm. There is absolutely nothing. If, if mm. you like kill me here, I, I will tell you whatever you want to do, you do. Okay. You understand? That is yeah. my nature. But you need to do it prayerfully. That's all I ask. But I don't want somebody... I, don't want, I wouldn't want my husband to hear something, even if I want to do a business or whatever. We first discuss it and pray about it at home so not that we hear it from us not good it breaks trust thank you reverend any contributions I, 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 I just i just i just want to read from the book of james chapter 5 verse 16 yes sir james chapter 5 verse 16 says confess therefore your sins to one another your sins one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed the supplication of a righteous man availed much in its working. The Bible says that he that covered his sin shall not prosper. Mm. So, and you know, the, the, the sin of adultery is not only against you, it's also against your partner. You have sinned against your partner. You have sinned against God. So, you need to forgive, confess to yourself and forgive yourself. Confess to God and, for, and let God forgive you. Then confess to your partner. But just like my sister said, we it's just like when you are trying to make a restitution. Restitution is to be done with wisdom. If not, it can boomerang. So we need to pray, as I've said, study the mood of your partner and let Holy Spirit direct you the right time to speak. Yes, expect uh, I mean, some kind of trouble. But after that trouble, definitely things will settle down. And let me say this. Confessing is a sign that I'm having a regret doing it and I will not do it again. Wonderful. That's good. Yeah. And I will not do it again. And they are sincere with it. You know, saying it. But sometimes... Some people confess for confessing sake. Yeah. And they will still do it because you are Christian. They think that is nothing my wife will do. She's Mama Church. And they are just doing it. And they, they don't feel anything. Their Christian life is my gone. Sister, so, something done for, for the first time is a mistake. But when it becomes something repeated, then... Is that is done consciousness not i mean with consciousness not not a mistake any longer thank you sir so if you're on this platform you can hear so nobody should take you for granted first time is a mistake and you agreed and you do it as you know what would jesus do this is what god taught us but second time 
You can't be in sin and has grace to abound. You don't need to be preaching about it. If you are struggling, we are saying it. We said it last week. Look, seek for help. Some people, they are really struggling. Check the friends you are keeping. If you have friends that they have girlfriend, boyfriend, you will fall into this temptation. You can't keep them and be saying you want to be holy. And I know the kind of friends. I know who they are. I have my, it's not done. And that is why we are having this issue. Some of our brothers, they are in these high-flying jobs, all this corporate. They bring girls to them. Pastors, I, ladies will come to seduce. Some guys will come to seduce. Do you know one thing now? Married, married women, there is no respect for them. They call them open check. The fact that you have green doesn't give you respect again. Before, they know they won't come near you. They honor you. But now, they see you as open check that you won't bring, uh, you know, any pregnancy when they, are, when they are having an affair. You see married lady having an affair. There is an issue. And you would think we are talking that this is Christian platform. It's happening in the church. We have to open up and be, be truth to ourselves. This thing should be abomination. It should not be happening in the church. But we are saying if you are struggling, there is help. Ask God to help you instead of allowing that sin to destroy your destiny. It brings a mighty man down. It destroys king. We have a story recently going on in Nigeria about one all these Nollywood people harassing again. Such sin is so is so messy that everything you have built right. in your life it brings everything down in a twinkling of an eye because of one stupid five minutes or how many minutes of enjoyment. Ma, can, really I, can I say something here, ma? Yes, sir. Can I say something here, ma? Yes, sir. You no, know, we are talking about communication. When you have a partner that, yes, the sin of adultery, you can see it to be very worthy. But if you have a partner that you cannot approach to come out with, mm. in fact, that kind of attitude of not being open to communication can even lead somebody into sin of infidelity. Let me give you an example. I have a girl that is more or less harassing me and I can't go to my wife to say, please, pray along with me. I can sense this thing with this girl. Mm. And we're in the same office. I, can't, I cannot leave the office. And the next thing my wife will say, we just, I mean, another one will just conclude, ah, he has been doing it. He's only coming to tell me now that I should pray along with her. You know, when you have that kind of partner, Mm. It will not help the relationship. Mm. It leads to what you are talking about. You know, there, there, there was a time, you no, know, at the early stage of our marriage, my wife just came home and just said, "Look, we need to pray along." This man, I've told him, I told him that I'm married. I show him my ring. I told him I'm a Christian, but he kept on coming. That I should pray along with her. I mean, I believe what she said. That this woman. Is on her. Hmm. I know. Do you, you know how we're able to win the battle? After the prayer, one day I just went to the office, and my wife took me to his office, and my wife said, "This is my husband. Hmm. Can you meet him?" And we chatted. We know. I know. I mean, we have discussed it at home before. Do you know that the embarrassment stopped from that day? Wow. There was a time that. A girl was just chatting with me on phone. And I thought she was genuine. 
in the question that she was asking me. And I was trying to cancel her. The next thing she said, I have something to show you. I said, what? Okay, I'm expecting. The next thing I saw was a nude picture. Wow. I deleted the picture. I deleted her. My wife was not around. I called my wife immediately. Wow. I called him and I said, look, this is what this girl has done. I mean, a, a, a girl has done to me. I mentioned the name of the girl. And she said, I will pray along with you. Mm. Look, if you don't have somebody, you can, a partner you can't communicate with, you can't express yourself to, mm. this thing is bound to happen because he or she will continue to be a low ranger until he eventually falls into the trap. Thank you very much, man. Thank you. Thank you so much, Reverend, for, for that example. And I hope all, uh, our brothers, they can, they can learn from you, uh, Reverend. Because I know some guys, they, they will think they can handle it. And they will think, oh, my wife, I don't want to disturb my wife. This is what I can handle. This girl is you. But they don't know that as they are doing that, they are breaking a wall. They are, they are causing a crack on their marital wall. Your wife knows that whatever happens, let anybody come from anywhere. I have the information. So is she's sure, and you can see if you don't if you didn't tell her and the, the, the lady just sent something before you know it, they twist it. So men believe, sir, in our culture, they believe that it's not everything the woman should know. Reverend, are oh, you of that opinion? Some men believe that yes, it's, it's, it's not everything. That's foolishness. It's not it's what, sir? Selfishness. That is foolishness. That is that is foolishness. When the Bible when the Bible says the two of you you come together you become one flesh mm. the question is that can I hide anything from myself because the two of us we are now one flesh which means there is nothing hidden between said the two of them are not ashamed nothing hidden hidden between the two of them so by not telling my wife certain things it's just like saying I don't want to tell myself certain things. Is that not foolishness? It is. <laughs> so it's foolishness. I agree. I agree with you. And our culture back it up. You know, sister, sister, sister Kevin, I will let you talk. You know, our culture, yeah, <laughs> they will say it's not everything you tell a woman. And this is where the yeah. snake enters into the house. Some family, mm -hmm. the woman, the wife should not talk in the family meeting. She doesn't have say. You know, some family, if you want to send money to your mom. The husband wants to send money to his mom. The mama, the, the wife must not know. The brother in the family must not know. They relegate, they relegate womanhood. They relegate wife as if they are just a bunch of, you know, as if they are nobody. It's a cultural, it's a cultural damage. And thank you for saying yeah. it's foolishness. Because if, if God said that woman is your helpmate, and you decide to be doing things and you are hiding and you are saying, ah, my wife may not understand. If she doesn't understand, bring her up to that level of understanding. It's to help your destiny. You are one. Mm. Don't follow culture. Follow what the Bible says. It's for your happiness. Sister Kenny, one minute, sir. One minute, man. Yeah, I. It, you've said what I wanted to say because the culture thing is a problem. But we, as Christians, we need to know that our culture is Zion. We are from heaven. And we don't have to say, oh, this is what Africans do. Because you and your wife, you are one. Mm. But when you keep hiding, then it becomes more problem. Because your wife doesn't know what is happening and she doesn't know how to help you. The same thing with the woman and the, it, it happens both ways. So when both of you are open to one another, it's going to be easy to solve problem. Because one, we chase a thousand. Two, we chase, you know what the Bible says. So two of you need to agree to be able to overcome. That's what I wanted to add. 
Thank you, Ma. Reverend, I have a question on the platform. For, can okay. I read a question, Reverend? This question, I want please you to ahead. answer it. Go ahead, please. For some times now, I have been struggling with walking up to a relative on this subject. I mistakenly heard about his dick from his side cheek. You know who they call side cheek, Reverend? Of they don't call their I mistress know, again, no. They've, they've given them, they've asked the name, side cheek. Yeah, side, side cheeks. Yeah, and, it's, <laughs> it's, and it did not really go well with me because I was truly disappointed in him. Ma, I need your advice on how to confront him on this because I also think of protecting his integrity and that's why I keep bottling it within me, but it's really affecting... Sorry, I don't know what's wrong with... It's really affecting my relationship with him. This sister knew that this brother is having an affair and she was disappointed because, you know, maybe she, she has high hope in the brother that, oh, this is a Christian brother. He shouldn't be involved in this. And she knew that, okay, she's doing something like this. She's really finding it difficult to even face the brother. And she doesn't want to talk about it because she doesn't want to, you know, expose him unnecessarily. What do you think she should do for her peace of mind? You know, how, how do you, what will you advise her to do? Is, 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 are they husband and wife? Hello? They are are they not, husband and wife? No, it's a relative. It's, it's like maybe uncle, anybody, someone closer to her. Okay. okay and that person okay, is okay, married. Okay. That person is married and the person is having side cheeks. But so when she got to okay. know, she was disappointed and she doesn't want to really, she wants to come, she wants to, she wants to help her, but she doesn't want to really do it in an embarrassing way. Yeah, yeah. Let, 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 me, let me start by saying that side chicks turns a man to a chicken. <laughs> and every man... Side chicks turn a man to a chicken. <laughs> a chicken at the end. Yes. <laughs> so, for, for such, it, it takes great wisdom. It takes great wisdom. Uh, the Bible says we should be our brother's keeper. Mm. I think such a person should seek the face of the Lord and after prayer seek a personal network Your network is dropping. Audience, the woman. And bring out some facts that these are my proofs. And I'm coming to you as a Christian. Let me tell you this, just like the book of Ezekiel, that if you want a man of the danger ahead, his blood has been removed from your head. But when you keep quiet, I tell you, the blood can be asked from you at the end. So just pray, seek the face of the Lord, approach the man, give him some facts, and it's living with God to decide. But within your heart, you would have been clear that you have done what God wants you to do. And that one is enough. You, you can't hear, I mean, she can't change the man, she can't change the woman, but the fact will remain that at least he has pointed the error to him. It is not left for him to change. But what he cannot do after is continue to pray for the man or the woman. Thank you, sir. 
Thank you, sir. Sister Kelly, do you yes. have anything apart from? Yeah, just to remind, remind us of what happened between Nathan, Prophet Nathan and David, because he came to tell David that this is it. Even initially, David was like, oh, who did this kind of thing before he realized it was himself? Mm -hmm. So your part, like he said, we can tell them and keep praying for them because you can't change them. Thank you. So if, if I, we had to that, just seek, look, when you pray about it, God will give you wisdom to do it. You see, you're, 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 you are approaching the man not to reproach the man, as in telling him off because yeah. you are not the person's mom or dad. But you are doing it to have your own peace and you're doing it as, your, as a brother's keeper. You are doing what the Bible asks us to do. It's not about you being a judge because the Bible says we should not judge. It's about you going to see how you can help. You know, some people need help. Some people will really appreciate the fact that, oh, you are not going out to tell my wife about it, to break my home, but you are coming to confront me. And you saying it out, talking to him, praying about it, clear you off of any accomplice when the consequences is coming. It's, it's out of you. The blood is not on your neck again. And if you still need more advice, you can take it uh, offline after the program. Thank you so much for that question. And um, I've got a question here, but before I ask this question, last week, um, we have six minutes more. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll see what we can do. Reverend and Sister Kevin, you have one, one second now to answer your question. <laughs> last week, Reverend, you talked about couples that they have issues. The man wants it, the man, the man wants to have sex every every day of the week, seven days. The woman did not want to, you know, the woman preferred five. And because we're a mathematician, I have a question here. The brother said, assuming that, okay, he went out and he saw one beautiful leg, you know, beautiful fine woman. And he's, he has this emotional issue within him. But he was so happy that, oh, when I get home, I've got my own woman, you know. But with this timetable thing, when, if you approach your woman, at the time that you wanted to do this thing, and the woman said, it's not our timetable to do this thing. Why are you coming now? That what should such brother do? That why do we need timetable about it? It should be like, you know, it's emotion. It should not be something we need to uh, be pricing or something that yeah, we need to be, we yeah. need to be planning you know, to do you know, that. That's why I have my wife at home that if I'm tempted outside, <laughs> I have somebody in the house to go and, you know, wrap around with. But if it's not the time, why must we be organizing sex? Why must we be arranging it? Why must we, we be doing it as a meeting? <laughs> let, me, let me start saying categorically that I don't support couples having timetable, especially in the early part of the marriage. In the early part of the marriage. I don't support couples having uh, I mean, timetable. But I'm just, the, the example I gave was two uh, extreme cases, two extreme cases, and like I said, that marriage is give and take. You know, we see how we can get, uh, I mean, adjust. But the question that this man asked, when he comes home, and the wife is saying, "Look, I'm not uh, in the mood for today," the man should talk. The man should talk. Look, what I saw today, I cannot sleep without this thing this night. <laughs> With what I saw. Ah, uh, it's true. This is what I saw. So please, I mean, tone your mind. I'm giving you the next 10 minutes. Try to tone your mind. And then, uh, I mean, by the time you open up, you, you see the, the woman is, I mean, she's a wife. She will reason along with what you are saying. But if 
you make the move and she said no she would think it is just like the any other day that you do ask and she said no and you agree and because of the peculiarity of that day it will be a problem for the man in fact he may not forget for a very long i mean a long while so hmm. what i will address for such a man is that open up look my dear this one today i can't forgo it and you 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 talk you, you talk it over thank you thank and you and again i always tell i always tell i always tell i mean some men that comes to me for counseling you know women they are not just something you just kick and start you know, not people something just kick and start by the time you return home the kind of laughter the kind of talk the, and before you know it this woman will know that ah, look this woman wants something this night. Uh, exactly. you know, there's something we call body language. Exactly. There's something we call body language. And by the time you see the body language of your wife, of your husband, I mean, it happens to men too. There are times as a man, you will know, oh, no matter how I'm tired today, I must put in extra strength. I mean, I mean strength. Something must be done tonight. And you go a long way. But if the if the if the if the coming the, the body language is not there, if the communication mm. is not there, mm. it is then that you run into this kind of I mean I mean trouble. So there must be communication. You must understand each other with time. So mm. I'm not advising couples that are young to go into. In fact, that one alone can bring another problem. When a man knows that well, until Saturday before I can have another time, then temptation will continue to dangle. Before you know it. You fall. I can't advise them to have timetable. As time goes on, as time goes, as the year, as the year runs out, nobody will tell you. Nature will tell you that you can't be having it every day. <laughs> that one is certain. But for the but for the early part, for the early part, please don't have timetable. Let's communicate. Let's communicate. There is a way a man wakes up in the morning and communicate with his wife. The wife will know that. Look, I must not stress myself in the place of work today. Because I have another assignment at home in the night. Yes, so yes, so and everything boils down to communication. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. <laughs> sister, uh, sister Lizzie, yeah. you have something to say? Yeah. Um, I want to say that um, you timetable is not even a part of it at all, and I want to stress here that sex begins in the day, not in the night. So if a woman says, "I don't want sex," why is she tired? Is she in a period? Is she fasting? There has to be a reason. But if there is no reason, a woman does not have a right to say, don't I don't have the right, but it is not good for your marriage to say no to sex. For me, I believe that if a man wants to have sex with me at night, he will have done some things during the day that will make me know that you want something. I don't have to, you don't have to come and tell me, but your action will have put me in the mood. And if I am in the mood, and I say you, you think you are, you are not in the mood. I have my own way of turning you on. I, I was just trying to look for a text message I sent to my husband last week here. I know he was at work. He's busy. He's a doctor. But then I wanted him that night for no reason. I just wanted. And I sent a text to him during the day to prepare his mind down. So that yeah. when he comes, he will, he will not say he overworked or whatever. You know, jokingly, you need to okay, be your sure. husband's friend. You need to turn him on. Whatever turns him on is what you do. If it's good food that turns him on, you prepare that good food. But for a woman, you know, to say no, there must be a reason. 
So there, there is no allowance for timetable at all. Be your husband's friend and tell him straight. You can just use style like a proverb. You know, Yoruba, with the way we use proverb to just say something that, oh, I need a million. I told my husband I need a million deposit tonight. It's not a million in Naira. I need a million in Sam. And immediately he read it, he knows, and he replied me. You know, that, those are my ways of telling him. So sometimes if he's over, so, you know, it, anyway, the bottom line is there is no, um, no timetable no time for sex. And it can happen anywhere. If you don't have the chance for it to happen in your house the way you like it, that is why you need the bond to be able to go out. You know, arrange child care, even if it's one day. Go out and eat together. Yesterday, I went to pick him at work. And I said, from outside, I just text him, you need to take me out. He didn't plan for it. But he, he was forced to take me out. So little, little time that you have together. Because the, the problem we have with infidelity is that because we don't have time with each other and we are forming big daddy, big mommy, and we don't have time to be friends that we used to be before we get married. And because of that, you know, because of, and some people, let me just give, quickly give this analogy. You have, this is my phone here. Now, before you were like this, husband and wife. Now you have children and it created a gap between two of you. Until the children again go, maybe when they marry and all that. But you need to force that relationship. You need to, you know, create time, go out, even if it's a walk in the evening, be together. Create the thing that we want you to make you have sex. No to, no to um, timetable. It is not allowed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Ma. <clears throat> Thank you. I, I think all of us on this platform, we agree no timetable. I know some people will not still agree. Please, whatever we are saying on this platform, you are not bound to agree. This is why it's me and mine. You choose what works for you in your house, in your family. By the grace of God, 16 years of marriage, I don't do timetable. I don't even know about timetable. In fact, Pastor Kemi, Sister Kemi said, uh, from money. I don't even know about from money. I don't even know mood. It's, it's emotion. You see, this emotion can come in any form, in any way. When it's come, it flows. If I just learned something from her now that you do something you don't do in the house. I've never thought about that, you see. I'm just learning how to spice my own life too. Whatever that works for you, go for it. Some people, it's a medical issue. Some people have genuine reason. If they have genuine reason, please listen to your partner. Don't say they said on this platform that there will not be any timetable. But what we are saying is that it's something good. Sex is good. It's good for both of you. Do it. It's not carnality. Some people, they are looking for so much spiritual. It doesn't stop your spirituality. I've read it for her in the, at the beginning. It, it doesn't stop you from connecting to God. If that is what we make your old man to stay, please give it to him so that they will not have excuse. And brothers, please don't use your wife as food. I can't be eating only rice. I can't be eating only beans. It's stupidity because that is you. Your wife is you. You are you are you are your wife. Your wife. Is, so I don't know why you just enjoy yourself. And I'm I'm, I'm 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 advising us today. Anything that will affect your happiness, anything that will affect that worship, anything that will affect that deep thing, please stop it. It's your life. You don't. You've gone through a lot from childhood. It's now time for you to enjoy yourself. And that is why you don't play Ludo. You don't play games with your life. It's your destiny. Your parents, they don't have anything. This is what you want to build. 
You need to have a foresight. What am I building? Are you building because of culture or because of what somebody will say? And uh, I've got two more questions. Five past. Two more questions and we stop. Another one, I've got another one here. How, how much do you think cultural polygamy play into marital infidelity? How much do you think cultural polygamy, you know, in our culture, we have, you can marry as many as you want, but it's not, you know, it's not, this one should not come among Christians, but I'm telling you, but I've seen Christian now, I've seen somebody that said he's a Christian and he's still keeping the wives, you know, and they have given their life to Christ. So how much do you think cultural polygamy plays into marital infidelity? Let me start with Sister Kenny, so that Reverend will be, <laughs> Reverend will receive more by the time we get to Reverend. One second, Sister Kenny, one, one minute. Okay. Let me give you one in minute. The, the Bible says in, in the beginning, it was not so. Yes. You know, God allows some things, but in the beginning, that was not the original plan. The original plan of God is Adam and he brought Eve out of Adam. That is the one I know. But it can happen that... You know, some people before they became Christians or before they became born again, they could have, you know, gotten to marry a second wife or a third wife. You cannot put them away. Mm. Now, you don't have to put them away now that you are married. That's when it happens. Okay? Now, if you are saved like that, you pray for the grace. You, you need to ask God to tell you what to do on individual basis. Not that this is a stereotype way that you have to do it. But polygamy... For those who are already born again before they got married, it is not allowed. It is not allowed. If you're already born again before you marry, I don't see you going into polygamy. But if it had happened before you became born again, then you need wisdom to know how to do your settlement. Mm, restitution, right? For him, you need wisdom. Yeah. To yeah. Do, you need wisdom to do your restitution. Yeah. yeah. Because if the unbelieving, even the Bible says, if the unbelieving wife or partner, doesn't want to go. There's nothing you can do about it. So that's why I say it depends on individual on this case. But if you were, if it up, if, if it, it cannot happen now that you have been born again, but if it's before and it has happened, then you need to ask God for how to restitute. Reverend, support. Uh, I will I move on. I next question. I came, I came from a polygamous home. And my, my dad marries two, two wives. So I grew up with not seeing anything bad in marrying two wives. And, you know, the church that I grew up for the first uh, 25 years of my life, in fact, they will give you uh, some portion of the Bible in the Old Testament that supports, I mean, uh, polygamy. The polygamy. But, but let me say this. That is not the Bible. Male and female, he created them. It's one for each, I mean, uh, each other. And this thing always play a part in the life of any man. For example, as I'm talking now, the other, the other wife of my dad, of my, I mean, the, the other, my steps, my step uh, brothers, all of them, they have two, two wives now. Hmm. My own brother that is the of my mom is only god that is delivering him small small now he's having only one wife but many side chicks 
<laughs> so it flows in the blood. And from the beginning, from the beginning, I knew this. And I made up my mind that I'm no longer part of that blood because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a regenerated person. And not only that, I work on myself. And that is exactly where I'm going into. You know, when you have that kind of history or background, then you need extra work to be done for you to be able to scale through the same process that your dad and all your siblings, I mean siblings, they are, they are passing through. We should base everything on the, what the Bible says and not what tradition says. Thank you Thank very much. Thank you, sir. I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, yes, sir. it's not yes, me that I'm living, oh, but Christ yes, that lives in me. And this should be our testimony. As we are going through this perilous world, this should be our testimony. We are the light of the world. We should shine forth the light. Last question. Why are other aspects regarding the danger of multiple sex partners not discussed openly? For example, the spiritual deterrence is no longer enough. More serious and real consequences like cyber and cervical cancer is talking about um, example problems with all these multi multi-sexual partners, all these diseases that happens today. And others tend to be better deterrents than thou shall not. The church should consider this. So the question is, why is church not talking about the danger of uh, intermarital and uh, extra marital relationship? Why is it that is when the diseases that they can have is the only one that should, should stop people from doing it? Why can't we just no, obey the word of God. We are not like afraid again that thou shalt not, thou shalt not. That should make us to be scared to do those, those, those sins, to commit those sins. But now it's like, is the consequences that the sciences they are telling us. We Christians, we are no longer, thou shalt not, all those 10 commandments is out of it for us. The only thing that stops us now is because of the consequences. Why? Why is church not talking about it? Reverend, one minute. Hey, let me pass. <laughs> it's, it's, part, it, it's part of the perilous time. These are some of the things that the Bible foretold us in the perilous time that will happen. The fear of God is no longer there. People don't no longer fear what the word of God says. And they, 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 they do things that satisfy their flesh. So I'm not surprised that this is happening. But I think the most important thing is thou shalt not commit adultery. Because the Bible says that adulterers and some other, other things, they say they will find themselves in the lake of fire. And I think that is more dangerous than these earthly things. If you do it here and you contacted uh, syphilis, the one that you happen to use is that you are going to die. If you, if you, are, you contact um, I mean, AIDS, the worst thing that will happen is that you are going to die. But what happened after death? And that one should be the uppermost thing that will make a man to fear. That look, because of this five minutes pleasure, because of this 10 minutes pleasure, because of this one, one hour pleasure, then the, my whole body will be in the lake of fire at the end. I think that one should create more fear in the heart of men than all these earthly things that everything will end in this, uh, uh, I mean, this world. But the summary is that we are in the perilous time. And these are the things that, uh, I mean, the Bible talks will happen at this perilous time. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, sir, for, for that contribution. 
And that is where we are going to, I will not take in any question. Any other question, we'll do it offline or where we are treating it um, another time because this topic is very deep. We, we can't treat it, but we thank God for Holy Spirit who has um, given us the utterances. Thank you so much, Reverend. It's so, we, we are so honored to have you. Thank you so much, Sister Kenny. You have just listened to Me and Mine podcast with your host, Timmy or Normandy. Subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media. See you next time. God bless you.